Welcome to r slash pro revenge where we get to experience the wonderful world of tree law. During the dot-com boom in the late 90s, I became somewhat well-known for my expertise with the now somewhat obsolete networking technology. I ended up getting heavily recruited by a big telecom firm in Denver to run the technical side of a huge networking project they had underway. After multiple phone interviews, I was invited out for the big in-person sit-down, a two-day affair where I met with the big dogs, other techies, HR, etc. It was a pretty killer opportunity. I took the trip. The first day of meetings went great. I felt it was a great match, etc. I did sense there was some tension between two groups over network architecture. It turns out that was one of the reasons they were bringing in someone more senior who could finalize the approach and get the project moving. That was fine. All part of the job. Whatever. I got wined and dined after the first day. Was definitely feeling like the job was a match and that I'd be moving to Denver. I went in the second day and after another round of interviews, the division head takes me to lunch. That's when it all blew up. While we were at lunch, the firm's senior management canned the entire project and fired every person associated with it. Apparently, there was a huge internal political war going on. This project was ground zero for the big battle, and this division just lost. We get back from lunch, and the manager escorts me to HR where we're going to sit down and go over their offer. Instead, he told me what's going on and that he's out of a job, along with everyone else on the project. At this point, I was told to leave. No apologies, it was just sucky luck for me. WTF? Okay, then I'm gone. I get back to the hotel, and there's a voicemail for me asking me to call the HR people. I'm pissed, but I call. They tell me they've had to cancel my return ticket and that I need to pay for the hotel myself for now, and that if I would submit an expense report, they might be able to get me a check. There's a second voicemail from the front desk asking me to provide a credit card for the stay. And then I got a call on my cell phone from the car rental company, which I didn't answer. Turns out they also wanted my credit card. F that. I called the airline and they said my reservation had indeed been canceled. But they also acknowledged that the reservation was paid for using a fully refundable ticket, which I was holding and which back in the 90s was essentially as good as cash. They said they wouldn't know for certain if I could board until I showed up at the counter with a physical ticket. Great. Just effing great. I'm on the hook for several thousand in airfare, nice hotel, and rental car after taking several days of vacation from my job for this interview? I don't think so. Here's the revenge. I packed my bags and loaded up the rental car. Left the keys in the hotel room door. Drove the rental car back to Dallas. Stayed overnight in Amarillo. Dropped the rental at the Hertz lot at DFW Airport. Took the shuttle to the terminal I left my car at and drove home. Over the next few months, I got several nasty phone calls from their HR and accounting departments demanding I pay them back for the trip, including paying for the $700 drop-off fee for the car. Never answered them, of course. Just let them go to voicemail. I eventually got a demand letter from their legal department, so I paid an attorney a nominal fee to send them a demand for compensation and threaten a lawsuit letter. Never heard from the firm again. Side note, the ticket itself was still valid. I ended up selling it to a friend at a big discount, and he was able to use it. Man, if this behavior is indicative of what the people in that department are like, then no wonder they lost that political war. I think you dodged a bullet, OP. If you had taken that job, it probably would have been a nightmare. And on that note, screw those people. That's extremely unprofessional. Our next Reddit post is from Jeremy R. Cook. It's been two years, and I can finally post about this. This is juicy, so get ready. Background information. We live in an old and big manor that has been split into three attached houses. 
The houses are about 150 years old and were built around five huge giant sequoias, which were about 200 years old. In the UK, giant sequoias are very rare and the two in our garden increased the house price by about 60,000 pounds. We live next to two really nice neighbors, one young couple and one old couple. The story. Unfortunately, our old neighbors passed away, so their child and her family moved in. Let's call her Joe. Joe was instantly a pain in the butt. We had been sharing chickens with the previous neighbors, and Joe agreed to keep sharing them. However, on her nights, she would constantly forget to put them away, so we would have to check them every night anyway. One night, her little brats thought it would be funny to open our personal duck pen in the night, which led to a mass slaughter later, and the chickens went the same way. About two years ago, there was a storm and one of her sequoias somehow fell over and died. They were distraught, understandably, but from then on, the jealousy started. She would constantly complain about how lucky we were to have two sequoias in our garden, and how the sequoia was making too much shade in their garden. It wasn't. Anyway, we just thought it was Joe being a pain. There were a few dry threats, like they'll chop it down or maybe the next storm will blow it down. Until we came back from a holiday to France to find a huge 6 meter stump and nothing else. I mean, how the F do you get rid of a 100 foot tree in like 2 weeks? Two of our old British oak trees had been crushed as well. My mom and sisters were crying. My dad was red in the face and we had no evidence Joe had done it. She claimed that there had been a storm and she had to get rid of it. We had a security camera at the front of the house, but you can avoid it if you go through a few fields. We were then given an 8,000 pound bill for damages to her property and to have the tree chopped up and removed. The wood alone would have been worth a small fortune. We'd lost all hope and two weeks had passed when my dad came running in from the garden. We'd put up a wildlife camera a few months ago and had caught everything. We got a lawyer on the phone and started our revenge. We got a tree surgeon out who said it was an original specimen brought into the UK in 1860. Along with the two that were in Elveston Castle Country Park, there were 218 around the UK, but only 60 now. He also told us to call out an engineer because the roots might be in the foundation, so when they rot, it could damage the house. Turns out, we would need to redo the foundations. Then, we took Joe to court and sued them for damage to property, trespassing, and lots of other smaller claims. The tree would cost £250,000 to have another sequoia that was 200 years old put in and looked after. It's basically impossible. Plus the damage to the foundation, which was £200,000, and the two oaks, which were another £25,000. So, with the smaller claims, it came to £500,000, or about $700,000. They had to move out. And we've now paid off the mortgage, done a lovely loft and kitchen conversion, and have basically done up the house and garden, as well as plant a 60-year-old sequoia tree in the back garden. We also had our kitchen counter and table made from the old sequoia. We now have a new lovely family living next to us who we share chickens, ducks, and pygmy goats with. They're very nice, and I make a fortune babysitting their kids. Edit, many of you wanted to hear about the court case, but she didn't stand a chance. And as soon as we revealed the footage to her and our lawyer, she gave up. The people who cut the tree down gave us the countertops for free as a sorry. They were truly sorry. The neighbors had a second home, so they just sold their house and moved back to their smaller one. We feel bad for the old neighbors, but we do visit their graves because they were like family. Can you imagine being... <laughs> 
Can you imagine being $700,000 in debt just because you can't deal with your own jealousy? Man, nothing gives me a justice boner more than tree law. Our next Reddit post is from Kegley. Just a quick history to set the stage. At a younger age, I moved from Chicago to Baltimore to take a job with the federal government. When I started, I headed off with a couple of guys who have since become my best friends. We all lived together for about five years until one by one we started moving on, getting married, etc. One guy, we'll call him John, left our place of employment to take a job as a secret service agent. As everyone went their separate ways, I thought I'd make a smart decision as a young professional and buy a house in 2007, right before the financial collapse. Needless to say, immediately after buying, I was upside down big time and struggling. I had some other coworkers move in, but they only lasted about a year before abruptly moving out, leaving me scrambling to find a roommate and thus setting the stage for my revenge story. I ended up posting on a bunch of venues to find a new roommate. One guy ended up far and above the best option. We'll call him Russell. Russell was a military vet who had served a couple of tours downrange and was now a sous chef at a local restaurant. He was easy to get along with, so I pulled the trigger in haste without doing the proper checks I should have, primarily due to being in a desperate financial situation. The first sign something was off was when Russell moved in. He came in with just a couple of boxes and a TV. No bid, furniture, etc. The second clue came from me chatting him up about his time in the military. On the surface, he could talk the talk, but as I got more nuanced, his answers became more, well, wrong. He claimed to be a former ranger, so he would have known the topics discussed. The final clue was the classic one. He started making excuses for rent payment on month two. By this time, I knew something wasn't right. So I politely told Russell to move out, which he did immediately. Once gone, I went to Home Depot to buy new locks, and much to my surprise, my debit card didn't work. Come to find out, Russell had stolen a checkbook and cleaned me out. Every cent I had in my account was gone. At this time, I'm feeling a mixture of anger, fear of not being able to pay my mortgage, and disappointment in myself for not vetting him properly. When I ended up telling John, he was livid. He wanted every detail about the situation. Little did I know, John told all his co-workers and they immediately opened a case on Russell. For those of you who don't know, the Secret Service also deals with financial and economic crimes, albeit normally on a much larger scale than my savings account. Within a few days, (laughs) Secret Service agents had tracked down and interrogated and arrested all the individuals who had cashed the fake checks on Russell's behalf. One turned and advised Russell would be at the Dick's Last Resort at the Baltimore Inner Harbor that night. John and his crew changed into plain clothes and went there to wait. Lo and behold, Russell shows up and acts like he owns the place. He started announcing that he was leaving on deployment to Iraq, so he wanted to buy the entire bar drinks. With my money, I should add. (laughs) As he was standing there paying for everyone's drinks, John stood up and screamed, Secret Service, you're under arrest! Three agents slammed him down, cuffed him, and pulled him out where two black SUVs rolled up on the boardwalk to take him away. My other friend who had gone to observe said the entire restaurant paused in stunned silence for about 30 seconds. (laughs) They take Russell in, and by this time, John says he's bawling his eyes out. The best part of the ordeal was John made him add in his confession, I routinely pretend to be an army ranger but have never served. Before being taken to city jail, Russell asked John, 
Why did the Secret Service arrest me? (laughs) To which John replied, You robbed the wrong guy. Epilogue. The bank ended up giving me all my money back very quickly under a fraud claim. I ended up attending Russell's court appearance with John, where he took a plea and spent six months behind bars. Needless to say, I was a bit more careful in choosing my next roommate. We've been happily married for five years. Edit. In an attempt at closing the story with a creative quip, I've made it sound like I married John. For the record, my wife is not John. I feel <laughs> I feel like the only reason why anyone would become a Secret Service agent or a cop or anything like that is for moments like that when you get to stand up on a table and announce that you're Secret Service and you're under arrest in the middle of a crowded pub. Man, that's gotta feel good. Our next Reddit post is from One Cool Nerd. This story is not about me. It's about my awesome girlfriend. This situation is still in process but nearing an end, so there might not be an update in the future. My girlfriend worked for a tanning salon. It's a national chain, which means there are plenty of policies that are to be followed. She originally worked at a location about a 30-minute drive from home, but after a few months, transferred to a place that was literally two minutes from our apartment. I've always known that my girlfriend was the kind of person who's genuinely sweet unless you treat her badly. Then, she can strike back twice as hard. When she started at the new location, she immediately got the vibe that if you weren't in the group, which included the main manager, you weren't to be trusted and would often get the short end of the stick. She has plenty of charm and is a very bubbly and warm personality. It's definitely not hard to fall in love with her. This didn't stick to the girls in the group. She soon found out that every girl there smoked weed. She personally didn't care at all, but the chain's policy is no drug use and they drug test. The manager said they never test them, so no one really cares. This manager truly didn't care about the rules. She would leave early on her shifts, if she would even show up at all, and her and the group would never come to work in uniform. My girlfriend was not close to being in the group and became an outcast. She was forced into shifts that she said she couldn't do because of a primary job that once was not a problem. She would often have to work a call-in shift followed by a regular shift back-to-back, sometimes going over 10 to 12 hours when they had plenty of workers, which made this unnecessary. There was an argument between her and the boss, which led to my girlfriend putting in her two-week notice. The company policy stated that as long as you put in a notice, you would still receive your commission based on sales you made for the month. My girlfriend was promised she didn't have to work a second shift in a row, so she made plans with her family. As it was time for the second shift to start, she was told she couldn't leave without first consulting the main manager, who had been ignoring her for the better part of two days. Once she got a hold of her manager, she said they were short on hours because the manager simply didn't show up for a few shifts that week, so she had to stay. My girlfriend was fed up and promptly counted her drawer and left anyways. On the two-minute drive back home, her manager texted her and said, Now you don't get your commission. Now to the revenge part. My girlfriend immediately called the district manager, the store manager's boss, and set a date to have a discussion. In that discussion, she had a compilation of screenshots and proof of the group not only smoking weed, but doing it on work property and selling it in the store. She also showed proof of every rule that the store manager had broken, including having group chats with the group where she called the district manager ignorant. Two weeks later, my girlfriend was offered her old job and every single person involved in the group were fired from the store. My girlfriend had single-handedly got revenge on every person who treated her poorly while she was there and ended up with her job back. Short, sweet, and skillful. OP, hats off to your girlfriend. 
That was r slash pro revenge. And if you like this video, then hit that subscribe button because I put out new Reddit videos every single day.